Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gals Chat Podcast. This is your co-host, Amy. And this is your co-host, Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Christina Trexler, who is going to talk to us about computer science and sexism in this career. This episode is sponsored by Steel Chic Shoes, who offer women's fashionable steel toe shoes. Not only are they certified to meet OSHA standards, but they are lightweight and comfortable. The shoes are designed to look good and keep you safe so you can confidently walk your own path. Steel Chic has a special offer for all Gals Chat listeners and guests. Use promo code ENGINEERINGGALS to get free shipping and a free water bottle when you purchase a pair of shoes. Now let's introduce this week's guest. Christina Trexler, known as Xtina Computes on TikTok and Instagram, is an undergraduate student at the University of Arkansas, majoring in both pure mathematics and computer science, and currently is a visiting student at the Massachusetts Institution of Technology, which is MIT Center for Brains, Minds, and Machines. She is a researcher in the McDermott Lab for Computational Audition, where she operates at the intersection of psychology, neuroscience, and engineering to design more effective machine systems for recognizing and interpreting sound. When COVID-19 struck in the U.S., Christina decided to spend her isolation making TikTok memes about programming and women in STEM, where she was able to grow an audience of over 100,000 people. Hi, Christina. How are you? Hello. I'm great. We're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank Thank you. you. We're so excited to have you on. I mean, we've seen you online and we're in love with the content and the TikToks and all your Instagram (laughs) photos and all of the stuff that you create. So we're really excited to talk to you. And I think everyone on the podcast who listens to it is going to love you because, I mean, that's some badass stuff that you do. Yeah. So let's get right into it and talk about yourself. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what got you interested in mathematics and computer science? I mean, yeah, I'm an engineer, but I don't think like mathematics was like the thing that (laughs) called me, you know? (laughs) Really? Um, Okay. Well, to start, just like to go over a little bit what you already said, I am Christina Trexler and I'm known as XTina Computes on social media. And right now, I'm a double major in computer science and math, a researcher at MIT, a startup founder, and a TikToker, I guess. As for what got me interested in mathematics and computer science, to be honest, whenever I was growing up, I feel like a lot of my teachers were just like telling me that I was really good at math. And I guess as an impressionable kid, I took that very personally. And I was like, okay, well, I want to be the best at math. And... Like, as I went on and, like, I took higher classes, like, in high school and stuff, I noticed that science was where the math was, and I started watching YouTube videos, and I was watching theoretical physicists like Michio Kaku and Neil deGrasse Tyson on YouTube, and I was, like, dead set on doing some sort of science or engineering, but I had no clue, really, what anything was until I got to college, And so I took like a beginner's engineering course where it taught you about different areas and different fields. And I knew that I really loved math and I knew that I wanted to do a double major because I had the room in my schedule. So I was set on doing one math major and some engineering on the side. And after I took a computer science course for my math major, I realized, oh, 
I can do a lot of solo projects in computer science. It's me and the computer. I'm a bit of a shy person. So I kind of clung to that side of engineering and it kind of just stuck. And now I love programming and I love computer science. Cool. So you started off unconventionally, like really, actually not unconventionally, but me too. Like I didn't really, similar to Lara, like I wasn't really crazy about math. But, you know, you talked Mm -hmm. about being, you know, impressionable at a young age and like wanting to be the best. You also graduated high school as a valedictorian with a 4.5 GPA. So did you feel that pressure or like what was it like being, you know, a valedictorian? And did you feel that pressure of having a 4.0 once you got to college as well? So in high school, I think... I, like, love just ranking systems. I feel like I, like, I I play video games as well, and I love ranking up in my video games. And so, to me, grades in high school was, like, a video game. I just wanted to, like, have 100% on every single thing that I could be ranked in. And so, it was more of, like, an internal challenge to myself to get all A's in high school, And I think because I had made it like such a personal, like, I don't know, I started attributing my grades to like my, that was like the peak achievement is could I get all A's. And so I did still feel it going into college and I still have a 4.0 actually. And as I've grown, I've realized that getting a 4.0 isn't as important to me anymore because I do want to work more on my own projects and on my startup where no one's going to be looking at my resume and critiquing my grade point average. But for some reason, like I cannot let myself get a B in a class still. And I think I just have something with ranking systems. I just love climbing up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's a really great motivator. And it's like, it's an internal motivator. And it's not even about someone else. It's just about you and how it makes you feel and, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish I could create a ranking system for like all of my goals. It's the same with jujitsu too. I I haven't mentioned this, but I do um, in the the podcast, but I do practice jujitsu five times a week. And I think because there is like a belt system in jujitsu, I get the thrill of like climbing up from white belt to blue belt to purple belt. And I think it's the same thing with grades. Yeah, I agree. Looking back, I kind of had a similar perspective with it. Like, okay, how can I get better? Like, like a personal achievement sort of thing. But I feel like when I left school, that's where I kind of had a similar experience with uh, rock climbing because it's like different levels of rock climbing. And oh my God, the way that my body and like brain kind of like work together to like, yeah, finish the puzzle that comes with each um, like setup. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I totally get what you're talking about. So crazy that you mentioned rock climbing because rock climbing and jujitsu were the two sports, I guess, that I was choosing between. They have a ton of similarities. Both are kind of like solving a puzzle with your body. I actually had to choose because rock climbing and jujitsu are both pretty expensive <laughs> hobbies to have. Yeah. I love rock climbing. Yeah, well. it really is pretty awesome. Recommended to everyone. <laughs> I did jujitsu like once in college. I took this jujitsu <gasps> class. So I had the uniform and everything, and it was really cool. <gasps> I literally felt so much stronger and 
it was more self-defense focused. Yeah, it's a great sport for women. It's a great sport for women because you can learn. So jujitsu, it's pretty much all about the smaller person learning ways to use like physical technique to overpower someone who may have like a weight advantage on them and so for women especially in terms of sexual assault so many of the moves that you learn could help you in those situations where you're very vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so practicing jujitsu has made me feel way safer as a woman and it's another one of those situations just like being a female in engineering where you might go into a gym and be the only girl in the gym if you don't live in a big city that has these gyms with um, all women's classes. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go in there and it's kind of uncomfortable because you're surrounded by men. You may feel a little bit inferior, but you learn that it's actually not that big of a deal at the end of the day and that you can be strong and fit in with all the guys. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that made me really excited. So, I mean, from Amy's introduction, she talked a little bit about how you're at MIT doing research. Can you tell us more about your experience? Was that only for this summer or how long have you been there? So it actually started, it, I got accepted to the program around when COVID hit. So was that that was like early 2020. I got accepted and I've been doing research at MIT ever since. So it started as a summer program. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to campus um, because that's when quarantine started. But I did my program online because I am in computer science and it was possible to do my research online. Um, Unfortunately, for a lot of people that were in the same program, that wasn't the case. But I started it and I had a really great time. I fell in love with the research I was doing and my project and my mentor. And I got invited to stay as a visiting student for the following semester. And I'm completing my undergraduate honors thesis through MIT. Wow. Wow, That's impressive. That's really cool. Yeah. It's awesome. In your introduction, I mentioned like a little bit about what you do, and it sounds really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about the intersection of psychology, neuroscience, and engineering for machine systems and sound? Yeah, because that's like, those are topics that I'm personally really passionate about, like that intersection. So I like, yeah, I think it's insane how everything is kind of connected in, in that pattern. And I don't think enough people are paying attention to it. I oh my gosh, I totally agree. <laughs> so what got me what got me interested in the intersection of like neuroscience and engineering in the first place was that I heard about uh the company Neuralink pretty early and it's like I don't know, come up. Do you do you guys know what Neuralink is? No, I haven't heard no. of it. No. Okay, so it's one of Elon Musk's uh startups and their thing is they're trying to create brain computer interfaces. And so what a brain computer interface is, is just something that you would use like your phone, like it'd be a technological extension to you, except it would communicate directly with your brain. So it'd be like way more efficient. And I think that that technology is going to be the next like big transformative thing for humankind whenever it is good enough to do that. And I wanted to be a part of it. And so I was like, okay, 
I have the computer science skills, but I know nothing about neuroscience. And I started looking for different research programs that maybe I could learn more about neuroscience and engineering. And I found this lab and about um, sound at the McDermott lab. And when I looked into it a little bit more, I was like, okay, so a lot of the research in this lab specifically just uses computer science to try to make computers be more human-like. And so it was like leaning on the computer science side and I had more skills. And so I felt more confident applying for it. And luckily I got it without any neuroscience background. And since then I've been learning so much. And so I have been trying to design different systems to hear more like humans. And like the hypothesis is that if we can get a machine to sound a lot like a human, then we can learn about the human brain from how the machine works. That is so interesting. Wow, that is is so cool. I'm so glad you told us about that because I didn't really know that that these types of things were being worked on right now or being created and... That is so interesting. The intersection of neuroscience and computer science to create pretty much AI, right? To create AI and to hopefully integrate humans with AI in the future. Wow. (laughs) That sounds scary, but also really cool. (laughs) I highly, highly recommend, I highly, highly recommend you and anyone listening to this right now, go look at some of the presentations that Neuralink has done they are phenomenal. They're pretty much leading the field right now of like computational neuroscience. And it's just so interesting. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, definitely gonna look that up. And I mean, of course, it's an Elon Musk company. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not even surprised. (laughs) But that's, that's pretty awesome. And I think it's also really cool. I know this isn't one of the questions we had planned out, but maybe explain a little bit about how you're able to be a guest student, even though you're completing your major at the University of uh, Arkansas. Yeah, so what it is, is I'm not taking any classes through MIT. For the honors program at the University of Arkansas, you have to complete an undergraduate honors thesis. So you have to do like a significant amount of research. And what I do with MIT is I take honors, like I take thesis hours through my university and I use those hours to do my research at MIT. But it's the first time anyone's done this. So it's not like a super official setup. So like the workaround is that I'm a visiting student through MIT and that's how I have access and like that's how they allow me to work for them even though I'm not an MIT student. Got it. Okay. So after you graduate, are you planning on working in, you know, full-time on your startup or working like in the actual engineering field or maybe both? (laughs) So my startup is actually a in-game overlay for video games that allows users to customize like different sound effects and visual effects that come up whenever different in-game events happen. And so it's a little bit unrelated. My thought process with the startup is that whenever brain-computer interfaces do become a bigger thing, um, the technology is like literally in its infancy right now. I think that the video game industry will be one of the first to 
take advantage of commercial brain computer interfaces because like if you look there's already virtual reality right now i think that bcis will be like the best way to have virtual reality and so my start i kind of just want to get into the video game industry because it's something that i'm really interested in and i see things um intersecting with my other interests in the future yeah, it's definitely connected and related. And you're right. I think the video game industry will definitely pick that up as soon as that happens. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So we also talked about how we found you through social media. And I wanted to ask what motivated you to start creating content online? Did you start on TikTok? I did start on TikTok. It was around the time COVID started again. I was just bored in my apartment. Like I felt like I had nothing to do because all I did was study and go to class before that. And I would scroll through TikTok all day. Like I would spend so much time on TikTok and I was like, okay, this isn't productive anymore. And I kind of just was thinking of ways that I could still be on TikTok a lot and make it a productive thing so I wouldn't feel bad about myself. And so I was like, okay, I'll start making TikToks. Because then after I decided I would start making TikToks, whenever I would scroll through TikTok, it would just be me. I'd be like, okay, this I can make an idea out of this sound. I can use this trend. And I got to like share what I liked with just anyone I just got to and find my people that way I've made some of my best friends just from posting funny memes online about things that I'm interested in and then just other people who are interested in the same things like flock to the video and then they find me it's been a phenomenal like experience being a content creator I would not trade it for anything oh that's great yeah I know at least with the engineering gals community we've had that similar experience like you kind of find your people, a community with people that have things in common with you. And then even people within that community, it's like they have other things in common. And it's honestly great to just be able to do that just by being yourself online. You know, it's not even like you're putting up like a, a facade sort of thing. It's like you 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 let your creativity just roll and, and people flock your way like Exactly. Actually, like one of this is just a funny example, but someone who found me from my TikTok videos who I became friends with, like, this is just a good example of the crazy opportunities that you can get from just putting yourself out there and finding people with similar interests. I didn't know what I was going to do this summer. And I kind of put a Instagram story rant about how I didn't know what I wanted to do this summer and just someone who had found me through my TikToks and followed me on Instagram was like oh you should go try to live at launch house for a month like there's a lot of people who are in tech you're work, you're like thinking about working on a startup it would be a good experience for you because what launch house is is a bunch of like young entrepreneurs living in a house together for a month working on whatever they're working on personally. So startups, um, the month that I went was a creator economy. So there were some creators there as well. And so just this random person who found me on TikTok was like, okay, you should do this. So I looked into it and I ended up going and living at launch house for a month. And I think it's been like, I've probably met lifelong friends there. And I think going forward, like I'm going to find more people through social media who present these awesome opportunities to me. And it's really exciting. Yeah. 
Wow, that's that is really exciting. I have seen like those type of um I don't know if it's the same house that you were talking about, but where like people meet up who are just kind of working in, in, in tech or remotely in a sort of like a startup environment. And it's it's great that someone just told you about it and you just went for it. I mean definitely Yeah, I would have never like, known. Yeah. I, I mean, known it, without them. You're right. I think it also has to do a lot with your personality of like, hey, I'm just going to go for it. But like <laughs> the combination of like someone telling you about it just through social media and just giving you more ideas, that's a, that's a great thing. And it's, I honestly just love the whole concept of like content creation, pe- people building their own brands. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. Like that's something I'd love to do. And I had no idea <laughs> that Y'all they had that. Do it. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. You should both go do it. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I'm definitely yeah. going to look it up online. I'm going to check that. it out. <laughs> that sounds really fun. It's like both, Actually, both of you talked to me after this. I'm not even kidding. I think okay. both of you would be perfect fits for Launch House. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. So I'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I think it, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love being around people who are like working on similar projects like me or like-minded. So I think that's like the best part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, you do put on, you know, put up a lot of content on TikTok and Instagram, and in some of them, you talked about how you experienced sexism, whether that was on social media or even at school or at the workplace. What was your experience with that, and then how did you address that? Yeah, I guess that is that is the downside of like being very open on social media is that there are a lot of people who also want to be very open about things that are very mean. But um I think what how I deal with it at least is I make jokes about the sexism I receive and if it gets pretty serious, I have like a group of people who backs me up. And so it's more like I get to laugh at people who are sexist, like with my friends. That's like the point of view I try to think about it from instead of like taking it too personally, because I know that these people who say these things are just very confused. Probably maybe it's learned. Maybe I don't know. I just like to laugh at them. That's why most of the things that I do are like me, me or like joking because I know that my like fan base and my friends and my followers will back me up in the comments if I do get this hate. And if I want to be open, if something's really affecting me, I can always like be open with my followers, too. I think I have a really good community that's like very sensitive. Um, I had a moment, I think a couple weeks ago, where the hate comments were getting to me a little bit more than usual. And so I went on a really long rant on my Instagram story, but I got like so many positive comments from it. And I'll read a couple of them because I was just pretty much asking for tips on how to deal with social anxiety because whenever I was receiving all these hate comments, I would just like be thinking to myself, am I like, am I, am I the problem? And so I got afraid to like be around people for a little bit and they gave me some tips like, Remind yourself that there is a reason that you're in a certain place with certain people and find comfort in that. Um, And these are all tips given to me from my followers. Um, They said, write out all your thoughts so that you can detangle them. They said, keep a hair tie on your wrist and start snapping yourself if you ever like are starting to think low about yourself. 
um, kind of like snapping yourself back into reality. One that I actually did is I made a video of myself telling myself how cool I am. And if I'm ever like in a bad mood or if I'm feeling kind of anxious around a social setting, I'll watch the video and like talk with myself telling myself how cool I am just to like make me feel better. And it's kind of goofy, but that's the point. Yeah, that's a that's a great suggestion. Mm. Sort of like self-affirmation, yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, they put it this way. They said, if I was a separate person instead of myself, if I saw someone do something twice as embarrassing as what I did or <laughs> look weird or whatever, I wouldn't pass judgment on that person because it would be rude. And by that logic anyone who is actually judging you is kind of an asshole and you shouldn't care about their approval anyway. Exactly. Well, I want to clap <laughs> right now because that was fire. Yes. That was amazing. Whoever said that, I mean, right? props to them. <laughs> That's right. great. And so whenever I'm feeling down or if I'm getting this like sexist hate, I, I really have people to lean on. And so just like joking about it, getting tips if I'm actually feeling down, it, it's – I've been managing pretty well. That kind of reminds me of, Lara, you recommended this to me, which was Brene Brown's vulnerability talk mm -hmm. on Netflix. And she talks about how like being vulnerable by putting yourself online, you are open to a lot of criticism and judgment and bullying even. And she talked about how, you know, at the end of the day, when you're a creator, the only people's opinions we should be thinking about or caring about is other people who are similar to us, like who are in the playing field, you know, not from mm -hmm. people who are just watching just to judge or pointing a finger and, or, you know, saying rude things because those people aren't doing anything. <laughs> They're literally yeah. just there to talk smack. But if you, when I, in my head, like I start to think about like, okay, would these fellow creators think that? And it's like, no, they'd be really proud of me. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I I've, I actually moved to L.A. whenever um, quarantine hit because I didn't have to be, like, in a certain location for school anymore. And I have a lot of friends here. And I've found so much peace in being in L.A. and being around other creator types who understand the same type of things that you go through. Because obviously, I'm not saying, like, woe is me, I'm a creator. But there are different struggles that each person goes through. And, like, the hate really can't get to you. Yeah, I agree. I can totally relate to that. And, like, it can go into your personal life and affect you and have days where you're just like, maybe I shouldn't put anything online. I, I have that sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think everyone kind of hits that roadblock. But, it, yeah, each environment allows you to express yourself differently. And it's really important to find the environment that allows you to fully be yourself. So it's great that I feel like that was one of the the good things that came out of this pandemic, understanding that we're not necessarily tied to one specific place and finally having the freedom to expand and move around to different places, even if you're in school or if you're working full time, it's, it's a great benefit for everyone. I think it has really helped a lot of people um, in terms of mental health and oh, yeah. just feeling more comfortable with themselves as, as well. Those tips that you gave on dealing with sexism and, and hate, I think it's definitely applicable to social media and 
the workplace in in general. Uh, this can definitely be translated to working full time and those type Absolutely. of environments because it's yeah you can you experience it everywhere. And what's really interesting is that a lot of the sexism it, it's not just from men and STEM field. Like there's definitely some women who can also make you feel singled out or there's this phenomenon like in like the workplace where women who have encountered discrimination in their careers often distance themselves from other women because they feel like they're competing for a female spot if that makes sense completely yeah definitely i think that was another topic that i read through I can't, I don't want to say, I want, I really want to say it was a Brene Brown or a similar book, but it was, they just talked about that. And the term they used was essentially kind of like the queen bee, especially in like smaller, maybe male dominated environments where it was like, okay, this woman who like has in a way made it or made themselves noticeable or respected in that environment. And now there's like the rest of the women who maybe new to that setting feel intimidated or feel like competing against each other sort Mm -hmm. of thing yeah so that's not i feel uh, it it breaks my heart that that's that there's a term for it or that's even like a situation for women to be in especially in these type of um like the engineering or like stem environments where i mean it's supposed to be a community like people are supposed to just be nice and supportive of each other and everyone's kind of on the same boat Yeah, one of the hardest things when I started making my videos on TikTok was that I was actually inspired by another, um, like, female computer science TikToker, and I, like, made some TikToks that were similar to hers, because you know how in TikTok you use trends? Yeah. And one of my videos that was, like, similar to hers because it was inspired by her, I tagged her and everything in the video. She didn't have a problem with it, but it was posted on Girls Who Code, like, their Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the comments were girls, like, saying, oh, she doesn't deserve any credit for this video. It wasn't her idea. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, I I got excited because I get on this page that I've been looking at forever. Mm -hmm. And the comments are all like, oh, well, she didn't come up with the idea, so she shouldn't be on here. Like... (laughs) That's, Only this yeah. girl's TikTok, the first one, should be on there. And I'm like, okay. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, that type of mentality is uh, not good to have. And I'm talking about the them, not, not you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like these spaces are collaborative spaces. And, of course, like there's viral sounds. There's viral trends. Like they're viral because like people recreate them. It's not like just that one person that like came up with the idea that deserves all the credit. And right. that type of thing. And and the fact that she was even okay with it uh, at the beginning, like, it, yeah, I think sometimes people get a little too picky <laughs> with that type of stuff. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you talked about, you know, sexism existing, not just like male against women, but also female against female, because it, it's true. Like, it does happen. And I think I I think it goes back to like internalized sexism and misogyny where, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely we project it. You know, we've kind of whoever's like accepted it, like 
oh, like, I, this is my place, blah, 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 she's my competition, then goes and treats other women like that and pretty much extends, like, that sexism treatment from men to other women. And I've seen that a lot, too, myself. So I think that's – I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm going to be honest, too. Like, I've even – I've caught myself, like, being, like, an internalized misogynist or whatever you say. Like, I've been in a class and I've – like, in high school – Whenever I walk in and I see, okay, there's two girls in here. There's two girls in this science or math class. I want to be the best girl. Instead of going in with the mindset of like, oh, I want to be the best in the class. Mm -hmm. That's what I would tell myself. And as I've gotten older, I've obviously caught all these things and realized that it's just like this, this thought process that's been ingrained in my mind because there's not enough women in the first place. But I think it's important for all all women to kind of check themselves sometimes and make sure you're not falling into any of those traps. Agreed. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, I think that not a lot of people are brave enough to admit that. And (laughs) I'm really happy that Mm -hmm. we're talking about that. And I think a lot of people like experience that I, yeah, I have to, I have experienced that as well. And it's not like, it gets done on purpose like you said it's something right. that has been internalized for so many years and i think right now we're the ones that are actually taking that step to break it apart and and change change that pattern mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's a journey you know growing up in you know with <laughs> mentality like from the patriarchy like it's just sometimes it is ingrained in you from society, movies, shows, whatever. But yeah, I'm really glad that you shared that because it it's like a learning progress. Oh, 100% it's learning. With everything that you do, I mean, and, and creating, that's, that's always fun. But what does Christina's perfect day look like? You have a lot of things that you're involved in and, and some hobbies, but is there anything else you want to add? That you want to share with us? Perfect day. Uh, Honestly, I feel like so many different things could be my perfect day. Maybe I could give a couple examples. Um, I love making progress on stuff. So obviously, if I wake up and I make a lot of progress on any project that I'm working on, that is going to be a perfect day for me. If I wake up and I get to spend time with like friends and family and loved ones and know that they're all healthy, like that's a perfect day for me. Um, I try, I've lately, I've been trying to tell myself that every day is a perfect day. So I was actually like thinking about this question can be a little bit hard. Okay. okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm ingraining like myself, I'm, tra- I'm training myself yeah. right now to be like every single day is awesome. So really, like, this is a perfect day. I'm so happy to get to talk to you guys. Like, I love meeting new people. You guys are both so nice. This is a perfect day. Oh, my God. That was so sweet. (laughs) Honestly, I love that mentality. And I'm, you know what? I'm just going to start doing that. You just, like, gave me an idea. Yeah. It works. Hey, faking it till you make it is the (laughs) best thing I have ever been told because it literally works in every, everything. Right. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, you just get used to it and it, it ends up turning into your reality sort of thing. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And especially with this like perfect day sort of example, it's like mm-hmm. you're, you're creating 
everything that would make it a perfect day. It's like you're intentionally, you're subconsciously making it a perfect day. And that's what you get used to doing every day. And even if like something goes wrong or like little things kind of don't go as planned or even if you have a bad day, you're still used to thinking about your day like in such a positive perspective that it's Mm -hmm. not going to like bring you down or like weigh you down. It's like, like if you weren't used to doing that. So I love that. I've been trying to get more into meditation recently, too, and, like, breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. I've tried Wim Hof breathing um, Mm -hmm. lately. One of my friends recommended it to me. And so maybe just, like, waking up, doing some Wim Hof breathing, which is, like, intense breathing exercises that honestly make it, it, like, deprives your body of oxygen, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe fact check me on that. But I, it, like, is good for your immune system. And so... Whenever I do it, I feel good all day. And so that, Mm -hmm. working out, meditating, getting some work done, seeing some friends, that would be the perfect day. Yeah. Um, Did you see that documentary on Netflix about the Winhoff breathing? I think it was only like one episode. Um, There's this – I'll have to like share it with you, but there's this – lab kind of thing and each episode is a different sort of experiment but one of them was dedicated to like the Wim Hof breathing um I like meditation too and I like like breath work I got into breath work of I was in Tulum and I feel like that was kind of like the thing to do there the whole meditation and um, spirituality and a lot of breath work um so I really got into it as well but when you mentioned the Wim Hof technique um i remember that there's a full-on like episode about it on netflix i have not seen the episode but i would like to i'd like to learn more about it the first time i did it i was like laying down on the floor i didn't do the um so you're supposed to pair the breathing with like a cold soak i am not there yet i still don't do very good with cold water um so I just did it laying on the ground, but my whole body was like vibrating by the time I was like done. I don't know what causes that. I thought I was going to like start hallucinating. <laughs> I did a little bit, honestly. It was <laughs> such a crazy experience, but like it felt, I felt so good the entire day. Yeah. So the the episode is under the, it's called the Goop Lab, like G-O-O-P Lab. Uh, it's like a Netflix series. And one of the episodes is on that. And they also do like a, like a cold soak in this really cold lake. I think it's like in the middle of the winter. I think it was over in uh-huh. California, like Northern California area. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, if, if you're getting into that, I think it'd be interesting to just watch. <laughs> oh, it would be. I'm absolutely going to watch it. Me too. so i mean you've been doing a lot you know whether that's like starting a startup you know research at mit making content online throughout your entire entire experience and what you have learned what advice would you give to your younger self one that i think about a lot which I don't know. I guess that everything that I've done like as a kid has somehow led to what I'm doing today. So I'm happy about everything. But I wish that I didn't do high school sports and that I would have focused more on like academia or maybe not even academia, just my interests in general. Um, Because high school sports felt like like an army boot camp to me when I was a kid, like looking back at the hours that I spent dedicated to volleyball, which is what I did in high school. 
all of those hours I think could have been much better spent doing something that I was genuinely interested that I was going to like carry on into adulthood like even learning to code maybe in high school instead of doing volleyball or getting into jujitsu earlier would have been my advice to my younger self and on top of that I would say not to be as much of a perfectionist because all that I get from like having been high school valedictorian or having perfect grades is that I get to say it kind of as like I don't know a flex (laughs) now but like it's not that big of a deal no one cares and it didn't make that big of a difference in my life to be completely honest Mm -hmm. and I spent so much energy way too much energy into getting like perfect grades to the point where I wasn't like it was not a measure of how much I was learning the content of the classes it was just a measure of like how good I was at doing things that I didn't feel like doing in the moment like homework and studying for tests that I would forget the material on a day after so maybe like being less of a perfectionist in terms of like these external scales that people can judge you by and more like focusing on my own interest because I think that it would have been more valuable to me today and I'm kind of trying to make that switch now into like steering away from these other scales and like other people's perception of what success is and really focusing on what do I want to be successful and what what is my like measure of success yeah oh wow you pretty much hit it right on the nail because (laughs) it's so true like other people can easily define what happiness or success looks like for you but it looks different for everyone and if you can find that inner voice that tells you and stick to that and focus on what makes you happy regardless of other people's measures of success or what the world thinks is successful then you've pretty much one <laughs> in your own life like you absolutely you know yeah mm-hmm. that's really good advice <laughs> yeah that was amazing i i have nothing else to add <laughs> i mean that yeah that was really oh. good so with all the things that you do do you have any future plans i mean you're still going to continue doing your research and creating content uh but is there anything like in the nearby future that our listeners can look out for yeah so i graduate in December. I have my last semester of college coming up and I have to go back home to Arkansas, which I'm kind of sad about. But what I've decided to do while I'm at at home in Arkansas is I'm going to pick up streaming like on Twitch. On Twitch, yeah. And I want to stream both video games and I think I'm going to try to stream some like coding content. I don't know exactly how it's going to look yet, but... I just ordered everything I need to start streaming once I get home and I'm probably going to live a very virtual life in the months of like August to December and then when I graduate I'm going to really focus on my startup for a little bit but I'm excited to start streaming when I get home. That's like what's next for me. That's really exciting. I mean, I I think the only person that I know that also streams on Twitch. Uh, we've had it on the podcast. Her name is dev.mage. Uh, but yeah, she does really cool stuff. Or uh, she streams uh, video games. She really she's a game developer at a Nintendo, and it, that's oh really gosh. cool. Yeah, you I mean, guys should connect. I feel like I'm her, seeing some like overlap. Say, I need her. I need her information. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I think you'd like blend really well because uh, you talk about very similar topics. 
and it's it's really cool. Yeah, her name is um, Elizabeth. I just found her. I just found her Instagram. Yeah, she does a <laughs> yeah. lot of streaming She's on really Twitch. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you guys have some her. similarities. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. So can you tell us where our listeners can find you and connect with you online? I know you kind of mentioned that, but any other platform or place they could reach you and connect with you? Yeah. So I feel like Instagram is the best place to find me. I use Instagram a ton. It's at xtinacomputes. Um, I also have at xtinacomputes on TikTok and Twitter. If you have those platforms and want to reach out to me there. And once I start my Twitch stream, it will be the same name at Xtina Computes. So look at Xtina Computes up on any social media platform. You're sure to find me. And I would love to talk to anyone who's listening. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, you know, and telling us about how you ended up where you are today. And if you're still in L.A., we should meet up because I'm in L.A. too. Before you I'm move here. back no to way. Arkansas. I'm, I'm trying to fly to LA. I'm going to yeah, fly to LA every week. Come out, Lara. <laughs> I'm on the here? East Coast. I feel like I just miss out on all the fun. I'm here for 10 more days. Or ten a little more, bit more oh, than 10 no. more days. I'll be here for like two weeks, actually. Oh, I think our so, time's not going to overlap because I'm actually in Canada right now on vacation. So No, when do you get I know, back? On the 15th of August. Okay. I mean, so technically I have something August 22nd, but I could, I haven't bought my flight yet. So I may stay until the 21st. Oh, just those, because. those situations are always, I mean, I feel like that always happens to me. It's like, oh, I have this one thing, like haven't bought my flight yet. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yeah. is kind of up in the air. Everything's up in the air. I would love to meet you though. Yeah, same. <laughs> we'll try to figure something out. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much again, Christina. It's been great. So much fun talking to you. I had a blast. And definitely stay in touch. And we look forward to supporting your content and um, everything that you do as much as we can. And hopefully we can get you back on the podcast at a later date. Of course. And catch up again. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to leave us a review, share it with your friends, and if you're able to, you can also support us by leaving a small donation at anchor.fm slash engineering gals. We'll talk to you next Monday. Bye.